0: From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: Put my name up in the Every single minute, we continue to update Twitter, looking for Shefty to tell us if Derek Carr is the new quarterback of the New York Football Jets. And that means every single minute we continue to ask if he's not, why? Maybe it has nothing to do with Aaron. And the Tower of Darkness. It's Fitz and Harriet. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel lady. I'm, I'm naming new movies. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. A-A-Ron and the Tower of Darkness. Feels like it belongs in the, uh, the Harry Potter lexicon there. You know, we got cowboy Harry <laughs> Douglas. So we got Harry Potter, Jason Fitz. Today. I don't know what we're doing, Harry. But, like, I will say this. I think the Jets, you know, there's a real conversation about the fact that the pictures were out everywhere. We know now that Derek Carr had uh, lunch in New York. Don't blame him. Like, go out there, have yourself a nice meal, make the team play, pay for it. Everybody's having a good time, but we haven't heard anything yet about an actual contract. This is what Jeff Darlington said, ESPN NFL Insider, yesterday about the latest on Derek Carr. I w- I say that, but now I got to stall for a second because I thought I had it and I lost it. This is what he said: the team. No, it's not. I don't have the right number here that corresponds with what they're telling me to play. So maybe Jerry Derek.
2: Jeff- oh, come on. Okay, the first. Uh, okay, there we go. Saints and Jets still very much in the mix for Derek Carr. I would anticipate uh, a decision in the coming weeks. I don't think he'll wait until free agency. The most interesting component to this, though, will a team like the Jets try to wait on Aaron Rodgers or maybe even someone like Lamar Jackson before they decide on Derek Carr. That's where Carr can really use his leverage to his advantage.
1: And that is the interesting name in all of this. Like, is there some portion of this where we should be really focused on Lamar Jackson heading to the New York Jets? I I don't know, but it just makes me curious, Harry. If nothing's done with Derek Carr quickly, you really think that they're just waiting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers?
3: No. When is he supposed to come out of his dark
1: place? Uh, we he went in on Friday and it was four days, Friday. right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He'll come back just, to, he'll be back tonight just in time oh. to let Pat McAfee tomorrow know exactly how it worked out. Oh. I have so many questions. Like, did he, did he one and two in the dark the whole time? Was there like, is there actual plumbing in the dark? In the, in the in oh, the, in
3: the, I didn't even think about that. In the
1: Tower of Darkness, like I mean, is he just squatting and hoping at night? Like well, what? Is, if, is it is it
3: twenty four hours?
1: Yeah, it's all it's like all dark, dark all the day, t- all the time, right? Like there's no no electricity. Devin, do we know any in Tower of Darkness details? Well, I think there was yeah. Like can a you direct- poop in there? <laughs> I think there was a director of a darkness
0: retreat that was that joined Canty and Carlin last week. Okay, and there is yes, of course. There's there's plumbing. There's like. I think there's like a refrigerator that doesn't have like lights in it or something like that, and like they give you food. It's very strange, but yes, there are like there's like a bed. He's not just like in complete isolation with nothing. Here's the main question,
3: but like
1: he's he's is there a shower where he can wash his ass? Is is it a shower?
0: Yes, I think there is a shower.
1: Okay, but are you showering in the dark?
0: Like there's no light, Uh, as opposed to I mean, not showering. Yes,
1: I mean, okay. Well, given the choice, (laughs) but I'm still curious. Like, look, every time I have people over my house, I'm I'm mesmerized by the lack of aim that people have when they turn the lights on around the toilet. I can't imagine what's happening when there's no
3: no no (laughs) no pun intended, Devin. No pun intended, Devin. (laughs) That's disrespecting you. You know,
1: I'm just I'm just I'm just a little curious about what happens at night. Like, is it an outhouse? Like, but I mean, there's sunlight coming into the darkness retreat. We've gone wild. Off but but, the rails but here, the- here's
3: the here's the thing for me though I I don't think the Jets are in a situation, where they can just sit there and <laughs> thank say thank you for hey, taking us back thank you I'm going to wait on Aaron Rodgers you have a guy in, in 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 Derek Carr who's available right now if you feel like he's a guy that can take your team to another level then you sign him here's here's the flip side of it if you don't. You look at teams like the Carolina Panthers. You look at teams like the Washington Commanders now, and I know they've come out and say they're committed to Sam Howell, but when you have a guy like Derek Carr on the market, I don't know how you can just say you're committed to Sam Howell. Uh, You know, and you just signed Eric Biennemi to be your offensive coordinator, which is another dimension. And then you look at the Carolina Panthers and a guy that I'm very familiar with, Thomas Brown, class of 2008, Atlanta Falcons draft class. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. So I don't know if it's just going to be Frank Wright's system or is he going to allow, is he going to be able to allow Thomas Brown, who was with the Los Angeles Rams, who Sean McVay is very, very high on now, very, very high and felt like this guy should have been a coordinator uh, about a year or two ago, are they going to let him run the system that he's been in, which is technically the Shanahan-type system? But that's that's another good place for for Derek Carr. I don't think the Jets have the luxury of just sitting around and saying, you know what, we're going to let Derek Carr go out of here and then somebody else gets him. But then you turn around and Aaron Rodgers decides, hey, you know what, I'm going to finish things in Green Bay.
1: If I'm the Washington Commanders right now, I have sent an entire parade up to New York, like just from D.C. You were just in D.C. last night. You know how quick you can get from one place to the next, right? I've got a whole parade with tour buses wrapped with like fat heads of Derek Carr and his whole family on the sides of them. I'm sending people through and they are playing like here comes Derek Carr, the original song composed by somebody as they run through the streets with confetti and cannons and telling everybody, hey, we want you to be. I am trying desperately for every single second of today to sign Derek Carr, even if he hasn't walked in the building because if I'm the, the Washington Commanders, I know for a fact that I need help at that position. I know if I'm Ron Rivera that I'm only going to get so much leverage with an organization. You know what
3: I should have done? What? You know what I should have did? Because I was just in D.C. for the last three days. Uh, I should have rolled up. I should have went up to the facility. Oh, you should have. I know I know a ton of people up there. I should have went up to the facility and talked to Eric Biennium myself. Talked to enemy myself. And asked him some of his plans that he has for this offense. That's what I should have did.
1: I mean, you think about Eric Bieniemy, like that's such a huge part of the sales speech. You've got a a uh, coach that is very faith-based in Ron Rivera, which we know is important to uh, Derek Carr, uh, you go in and you say, look at all of these weapons. Uh, let Look at Eric Biennemi, the offensive coordinator. Look at what we've got on the defensive side of the ball. Look at everything we can offer you. And if you're Ron Rivera, this is your chance to at least cement your ability uh, to come into the playoff conversation in the NFC. This is your chance to put yourself on the map. I'm, I'm oh, in I'll there. I'll take
3: it a step further. This is your chance to keep your job further.
1: As well especially if, like, we don't know what the ownership situation for the commanders is going to look like over the next year. I'm going to be aggressive if I'm in that building right now to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to make sure that if there's new ownership, they're all in on what I'm building within this football organization. And, And again, the weapons that they have there, I mean, you start talking about the receivers, the young guys, there's a real chance for Derek Carr to come in and help everybody develop. Also, would the commanders not like to have a quarterback that's pretty easy to market? Like, Quarterback that you know is going to do all the right things. Quarterback that you know is going to be easy to sell to your fan base. Uh, like, there's so many things about Derek Carr that make a ton of sense.
3: Oh, quarterback that you know the locker room loves and fans love. Mm-hmm. You know, because that wasn't Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, again, it was, t- it was, t- it was Taylor Heineke. But it wasn't Carson Wentz.
1: And, and also, if you're the commanders, all you have to do is be a little bit better than the pitch that just let him out the room. Right? Like, uh, this is your moment to sweep in and be like, no, 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 no. Uh, we love you. And I keep saying this, but I think affirmation matters right here to the cars. Right? Like, I think that yeah. they're looking at all of this and saying, hey, I want to go somewhere where I feel like I'm truly valued and where people look at me as the difference maker. Washington can do that. I, I, I'm i stunned that a deal isn't done. I said on Friday that I thought uh, I, we would be able to bank on Derek Carr being a New York jet by this time today. That has not happened yet, and it is absolutely stunning to me. By the way, we want to make sure to let you know we're trying to help people in areas affected by the Turkey earthquake, including Turkey and Syria. So if you visit the Red Cross, all you have to do is visit redcross.org, redcross.org. ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Again, it's redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. You mentioned the Panthers. We've mentioned Washington. These are all teams that are looking around the landscape right now to the conversation we had earlier about Daniel Jones and saying, man, if not, Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, then who right like the the that's the part of this answer that i think context is going to be needed on because 5 6 years from now when we're looking at contracts that are overpaid the answer is going to be well of course we overpaid Derek Carr we had to we didn't want to get stuck with somebody else
3: i agree with you it's i agree i agree with you
1: well we'll keep breaking it down obviously everything there is to know and if we get more uh, information we will let you know but in the meantime It's time to move on. It was a huge weekend of sports across the ESPN landscape, across the sports world landscape, and it has us uh, debating, in or out? In, out, on some of the biggest topics from the entire weekend in sports. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the
0: podcast.
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, if you're watching in the ESPN app now, uh, Harry has gone from air guitar to air. What is that? Horseback riding? What are we yeah, air ride, horseback riding, riding? A horse. Okay. Black Black man on a NAD, baby. All right. Uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy. Uh, that's uh, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. And now that I've made everybody uncomfortable, uh, let's bring in Evan Wilner, producer extraordinaire. Evan, we're gonna play a new game. This one is very, very easy, it's a simple concept. Now think of it as the hokey pokey, right? It's in or out. Are you in or out? And this could be on something big in the sports world. It could be something big in pop culture. It could be anything. Evan, are you ready for this shining moment?
2: I am. I'm actually going to start with non-sports. Okay. Uh, this From one of our TV producers, Federica, she suggested this. She said that Pepsi is replacing Sierra Mist with a different lemon-lime soda called Starry. Are you in or out on the new lemon-lime soda called Starry, Fitz? I am so in on this, and I'll tell you what. First and foremost, I don't drink
1: a lot of like full calorie sodas when I when I have a soda, as you learned earlier, it's always a diet soda. Diet Pepsi is better than Diet Coke, don't at me. Coke Zero is better than that. But Diet Pepsi is the better of them. I've never been a big Sierra Mist drinker. So this gives me the chance. Plus, I'm that guy Harry. If I walk into like a convenience store and the uh the coolers have like any marketing change, they change the color of the label. I'm like, oh, I gotta try that now. So if you give me something called starry instead of Sierra Mist and it comes in a diet starry, oh I'm gonna have a diet it's Starry Night. I'm all in on this. You?
3: Starry, I'm sorry, Sierra Miss, you're done. Okay. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it myself, just because of the name change.
1: But you're a Sprite purist. Can can yes, a Sprite purist... Is a Sprite purist allowed to drink Starry? Is there like I'm a Starry Sprite? To,
3: I'd say I'm going to try it out. That okay. means try it out. It doesn't mean I'm going to move over from Sprite, okay. but Sprite recently changed their bottles. Remember, they used to have the green bottles? Mm-hmm. Now it's the clear bottles. Mm-hmm. So when I was in a store one time, I didn't grab the bottle of Sprite because I thought it was like diet Sprite.
1: Yeah, uh, th- again, that's the reason I buy these things. I walk in and they put yellow on the label instead. I'm like, oh, that must taste different. Okay, I'm in on it. We're both in on it.
2: All hey, right. Story, send us some Story. Sorry, go. Sierra Miss. You're gone. Yeah. Somebody once told me Sierra Miss, the only thing I was missing was the AKE. Clearly, they finally realized that. Okay. Well, Eric Biennium will get a head okay. coaching job. Are you in or are you out that eventually he will get a head coaching job, Harry?
3: I'm in on it. Like this move was made so Eric b could detach himself from Andy Reid uh, for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I probably never will. But this is an opportunity for him to be able to showcase himself in a different light, not under Big Red. So uh, I, I I'm in on this one.
1: Okay, see, here's the thing. We were talking earlier about the opportunity XFL presents, right? With opportunity, though, comes great risk. Think about Paxton Lynch, who for a quarter of an XFL game looked like he belonged somewhere on an NFL roster and by halftime was benched completely, right? So, like, it can go wrong when you suddenly have opportunity. You're you're taking Eric Bieniemy to maybe the most dysfunctional organization in all of sports, and I have no idea who the quarterback is. I, I this doesn't feel like a good move for Bieniemy at all. I think he'd have to be wildly successful, and asking him to be wildly successful in Washington will be a little bit like asking me to dunk on a regulation size rim, not unless I'm on Harry Douglas's shoulders. So, uh, no, I'm out on this one. Helping him become a head coach, unfortunately. Well,
3: somebody has to be positive. Well, somebody has to believe in Eric Bieniemy.
1: That's gonna be me. I'm positive. I'm gonna drink my diet starry while I watch Eric Biennium not get that job. Okay, Sorry, it. back to you, Evan. <laughs>
2: yep, you mentioned the XFL. Are you guys in or out on the XFL's 4th and 15 conversion rule instead of an oh, I'm Oh, I'm, I'm in,
1: I'm in, I'm in, and I loved it. Harry, you can't talk me out of this one. I was in love with it, although I will realize the NFL never needs this, because if I have to watch Patrick Mahomes 4th and 15 me over and over and over again for the next 12 years, Man, like Annabelle's going to start to leave the house on Sundays because I'll be yelling too much. I- I'm going to give up on football, but I love the
3: rule. I love it. I mean, I'm all in on it. And I would love for the NFL to adopt this rule. I don't mind seeing guys having an opportunity being down 18 points, being down 16 points, and never being out of it because of that fourth and 15 uh, rule, which gives them the football and a chance to continue the drive instead of trying to attempt the onside kick. So I love this. I'm all in on it.
1: Evan is giving us in or out right now. He's giving us the topic. We're deciding if we're in or out with it. It's Cowboy Harry Douglas, and I don't know. I don't have a good nickname for me. I'm Jason Fitz. Go ahead, Evan. I got no nickname.
2: The Elam ending in the NBA All Star Game. Guys, in or out? Yeah, I'm I'm in on this one.
3: I, I like it that way. No clock. You get to, you got, you got to get to a certain uh, amount of points uh, that decides the winner. So I'm in on that one.
1: I'm not in on any ending that if I'm in a sports bar with the, with the sound off and everybody's drinking vodka soda or vodka starry night at this point, uh, if everybody's drinking vodka starry, like if I have to explain it to people and there's just a part of me that feels like I just continually have to explain you know, it ending every time so I'm out.
2: I'm in on the starry soda, the yeah. vodka starry. Let's vodka go. Starry. I'm in on that. <laughs> starry, hit me
1: up, baby. Hit me up. Diet starry, okay? I'm, I'm, my body's the temple right now. I know what I'll
2: be doing right now uh, after the show. Geez. Jeez. Russell Westbrook, guys, signed with the Clippers. I don't know if you saw that like right before the show. Russell Westbrook intends to, I guess. He makes the Clippers a title contender in or out on that, Harry?
3: Well, I I always thought they had an opportunity because of Paul George and also Kawhi Leonard. Just the health of those guys uh, is the main concern. They lost their point guards. They brought in Bones Highland. Also, Terrence Mann uh, took over that role. So Russell Westbrook on this on this basketball team, I think it's going to be phenomenal for the Clippers. And you also have Ty Lue, a guy who is a, uh, a well-thought-of coach, a well-respected coach in the National Basketball Association. So uh, I'm all in.
1: Yeah, I am in. Mean, he makes him a title contender on 2K. That's about the only thing we're talking about, right? Like the video game version of this. Like we playing it on 2K, I'm all in on Russell being a, a part of it, but no, nah, like I I I'm totally out on Russell Westbrook being uh, in any any important part of anything. I've learned my lesson on that. I'm I'm done with that one.
3: Well, I had him as a contender before Russell West, Westbrook got there.
1: No, well, okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I'm meh. I'm, I'm officially meh on it, and then I'm gonna make. I, I'm gonna take. Uh, he's Russell meh, mehbrook in my brain at this point too. Like, so meh. It's, it's it's Russell mehbrook takes my meh Clippers and makes them even less meh-y.
2: That's not really a word. Go ahead, Evan. Uh, so Jenny's Splendid uh, Ice Cream, which I love. They are coming out with a biscuits with the boss ice cream for the biscuits with the boss from Ted Lasso. Uh, are you guys in or out? On Jenny's A little little backstory
1: here the world needs, Evan, Uh, because Evan, whenever Evan tells us there's a a sweet, and and look, I, I was a fat kid growing up, and if you told me that I could never have another meal, I could only eat cake and ice cream for the rest of my life, I would say yes to it. I love ice cream more than I love almost anything in the entire world. I'm all in on all ice creams, but let, a little fairness here. Uh, when this was suggested, Harry was like, I don't know what Jenny's ice cream. I, I don't know. Like, because, you know, and Evan immediately was like, how do you not know Jenny's? I, like
2: I, I was surprised because Jenny's only in like eight places in the country. You can't get it everywhere. And it's really good. And it's like, it's just not available in a lot of cities. There, guess is, what, a lo- Evan? there is a location in Atlanta. Guess what, Evan? So I was just surprised that Harry
3: I'm lactose. Had had I'm lactose, Evan. When I decide I want to eat ice cream, excuse me.
1: (laughs) When I decide I want to eat ice cream, excuse (laughs) me. I thought you were gonna say you were lactose. He's like, I'm just sorry, I'm not going to the neighborhoods to have Jenny's ice cream. Excuse me. I mean, we can't in the same show. We be might talk- need to end this segment now. <laughs> we can't in the same show talk about sitting there ordering our sodas by the color of them. I'll take orange, yeah, and then be talking about like eight dollar a scoop ice cream from Jenny's. Like it's just, it's a cultural difference there, Evan. Evan, uh, we just found out that. All right. So Harry, you out? Are you out on that that uh, biscuits yeah. with the ball? If, if, if
3: I decide I'm gonna eat ice cream, that means I'm also deciding. I know that I'm gonna be pooping the following day all day long. So. No, I'm out on it.
1: That is the second time this hour that uh, number two has come up. So that makes us the number one show for number two on all of ESPN radio. Go ahead, Evan. Speaking
2: of number (laughs) two, would you trade two first round picks for Daniel Jones, Fitz? I wouldn't even trade two
1: first round picks for Daniel Jones on Madden if I was playing one year on franchise mode and I was going to give the game away afterwards. Like, no, 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 and no. And I like Daniel Jones, but you can't give up two first round picks for Daniel Jones, Harry. That's just, that's no. No. What? No.
3: Okay. No. No way, Jose. No, Evan, no.
1: Okay. There we go. That's that's two big no's on trading two first round picks for Daniel Jones. But for all of that Daniel Jones conversation, Uh-oh. what if I told you that Daniel Jones changing agents this weekend actually changes everything? for another superstar in the NFL. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: Suns acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry.
3: I'm scared of Howard the Duck. So, I don't wait, want wait, 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 wait,
1: Howard the <laughs> Duck? You scared of? Yes. Howard the Duck? Why? What? Why would you possibly be scared of an adorable little huggable duck with a big backside?
3: Because man, I seen this like duck scary movie when I was a kid, and it was I, all I can remember is was, the duck was like evil, and it was like a truck, a big truck that the duck was in, and I used to have nightmares about it. So I never liked ducks from that point on.
1: Important to note that I was in no way backside shaming Howard the Duck. That's right, part of his charm. Fitz and Harry on ESP Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Daniel Jones in the mo- in the news because he changed agents this weekend. Now, according to some reports, along with that agent change, Daniel Jones camp believes that he is worth in the range of $45 million per year. That is far apart from what they could franchise him at at $32.5 million. But it raises a real question, Harry, because think about this. If you can't come to a deal with Daniel Jones and you're going to have to franchise Daniel Jones... That means it is now going to be impossible because you can only franchise one player to protect yourself if you had any interest in bringing Saquon back for one more season as a franchise player. So by having these negotiation issues with Daniel Jones, it could actually be the nail in the coffin to any hope that Saquon is going to come back to the Giants as well.
3: And I'll be honest, that, that wouldn't be good news or, or, or great news for Daniel Jones. You talk about Saquon Barkley, you talk about the Giants as a team first. Rushing-wise, they were fourth in the National Football League. And Daniel Jones, yes, he was a part of that, but we all know what Saquon Barkley meant. Saquon Barkley as an individual – he was fourth in the National Football League as well as they were fourth as a team with over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And also what he meant to the pass game as well, being a receiver out of the backfield, running little choice routes, uh, being able to be a, a valuable weapon for Daniel Jones. If, if they aren't able to keep Saquon Barkley, and we know coming into the season that this offense was ran through Saquon Barkley, whether people want to you know admit that or not, then where do they go next? Who are they going to bring in? Are they going to draft someone, somebody? And is that same person going to be able to have the impact that Saquon Barkley had? Now, we we seen Brian David when he was in Buffalo. They didn't run the football effectively nor did he had a, run, had a running back like Saquon Barkley. So we know what Saquon means to the New York football Giants, and not just the Giants, but we know what Saquon Barkley means to Daniel Jones as well.
1: Well, to that end, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, was on Get Up. He made it clear the Giants want to avoid tagging either of them.
2: The team wants Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones back, and I think that's important. They would like to get both guys back without using the tag on either one. So they want to go through negotiations with each, reach long-term deals, and not put the tag on either. I wouldn't anticipate a tag being used this week. You mentioned that March 7th date. That's the deadline for teams to use these tags. And ultimately, they're going to continue to negotiate with Saquon and Daniel.
1: It's an important distinction there that they have some time to do these negotiations. Now, uh, this is where we bring in Devin, right? Devin, uh, one of our producers here, is a massive Giants fan. Jet, and Devin, have you already given up on all hope of Saquon?
0: No, I haven't. But I, all the reports are that he's not budging off the number he wants. And the Giants, I don't think, are going to be willing to give him that number. And if the franchise tag is off the table for Saquon, if they're going to have to use it on Dan or Jones then I think the, the chances of him being with the team next year are, are not likely. But the thing with Saquon is obviously he's a great player, but he's such a locker room guy, and I worry that if you don't pay your your best players, what that does to the entire locker room. I think a lot of guys know it's a business, but still at the same token, like if you don't pay a locker room guy who's a great player, that, that sends a bad message.
1: I mean, Harry, you, you've you been in all these locker rooms. If yep. if Saquon's allowed to leave when they can franchise him for $10,091,000, uh, $10, $10, whatever that $10.1 million, Uh, Does that send a message to you? It it, it
3: does. It also lets you know that a guy like Saquon can have no off the field issues, excuse me, and still be productive out there on the football field. But the organization can't pay him, right? That that's that's a a, a subliminal message being sent to the rest of the guys within that organization. And I agree with you, though, Devin. I, I think Saquon Barkley means so much to this football team because you got to remember they didn't have a top notch wide receiver. So it's not like the opposing team and defenses and defensive coordinators coming to play the Giants or the Giants going to play them. Wasn't keen on Saquon Barkley. He still was able to have a successful season, rushing the football effectively and being one of the top guys in the uh, entire National Football League, but also receiving the football out of the backfield and putting linebackers in a bind when they have to defend him.
1: It, it becomes interesting because if you're Saquon, You've got to look at what you will get versus what you would get anywhere else. The market value right now, according to Track, which I think does a nice job of sort of projecting some of these things right now, uh, the market value they think for Saquon is a four-year contract for roughly $49 million. Four years is a long time to commit to these running backs, but... By doing it that way, then you sort of spread out some of the cap number, you make a little of it easier for you. That's just a bunch of money. Now, obviously, nobody's questioning the fact that, you know, Christian McCaffrey's being paid a ton of money. Uh, but at some point, you look at the top paid running backs right now across the board. If it's Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, I, I mean, it, you've got to look at Saquon and say, do you make me a Super Bowl winner if you're going to pay him that sort of money? And if you won't pay him that, that sort of money, who will, right? That's the other part of it. If he yeah. hits the open market, is somebody else going to be clamoring to spend almost 50 million bucks on Saquon? I, I don't know.
3: Well, here's the thing for me and I'll just touch on it a little bit. When you go into a game and you know the defense is going to stack the box, you know the defense is going to probably force Daniel Jones to pass the football and be a passer, but they still rush the football effectively like they did last year in 2022. That tells me a lot about Saquon. It also tells me a lot about Brian Dable, who's staying committed to the run as well. And I know he doesn't want to go into the season next year and just put everything on Daniel Jones' shoulder, in which we've seen in the past that happen, and Daniel Jones be a turnover machine. It's a reason why, you know, late in games in fourth quarter and the second half and third quarters as well, that Daniel Jones wasn't always one of the top-rated passers or didn't have a, a lot of pass attempts in those type of quarters, it's because the run game and they didn't want to put him in those situations and they wanted to protect him as much as possible. Well, Saquon Barkley is a reason behind that because he's the guy that you can count on and beat your bell cow back and give you that leverage as an offensive coordinator and also as a head coach.
0: Is, is the new, I'll ask you guys a question, is the new model with running backs going to be, we draft a, we draft a running back. He stays on his rookie year deal. We pick up his fifth year option, and then when it's done, you let him go, and you get a new running back. Is that like what we're going to continue to see moving forward? It might
3: be. It yeah. might be Devin, especially when you got you know two guys coming out in the draft and Jameer Gibbs and uh, Bijan Robinson. I think more so the game is going that way to guys that can do both rush the football in between the tackles, outside zone, and you know, run routes out of the backfield and be receivers and be great in pass protection. The old school running back, I mean, you don't have uh, many now. You still got Derrick Henry, you got Nick Chubb, but it's more so going to guys that can do a multiplicity of different things uh, from the backfield position.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, this is – it feels gross. It feels icky to say this. But I think the running back market has been very clearly turned into a churn-and-burn market. And the the compassionate person in me hates this. But the NFL fan in me that understands the way business is done constantly says, look, right or wrong to these individuals, to these human beings that are putting their bodies on the line to take these hits, the new approach in the NFL is I'm going to draft a, a running back. That's why, frankly, I don't have a hard time drafting one in the first round because you get five years out of them, and you know at the end of five years – You're just going to walk away and try this whole thing again. And that's going to become more and more the mindset around the running back. And that has nothing to do with greatness. I mean, we've seen greatness from Saquon. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders coming off of an absolute career season. And when they do that, I want guys to get paid. It's just... Not that easy within the economics of the NFL trying to figure out how to do that. And again, I feel like a terrible person saying that, but I just think that at some point business supersedes logic and emotion. So uh, obviously we'll keep you updated on whatever we continue to hear about Daniel Jones and his contract and what could be next. But in the meantime, Kevin Durant is being criticized for comments he made over the weekend. I'll tell you why KD is not the one we should be criticizing today. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Suns
0: acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over.
3: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: and Suns pulling off a deal. Suns acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. If you're the Nets, frankly, I I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over. And this is an organization that is ready to hit the reset button
1: All-Star Weekend gave NBA superstars a platform to speak about everything going on in the league. Not the least of which is the concept that trade demands by superstars are bad for the NBA. Kevin Durant addressed it exactly, specifically, and I think for a bunch of different reasons, he was right. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, this is what KD said about trade demands and if they're bad for the league at his press conference at All-Star Weekend.
3: I don't think it's bad for the league. It's bringing more eyes to the league. More people are more excited. The tweets that I got and the, 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 the news hits that we got from me being traded, Kyrie being traded... Just bring more attention to the league. And that's really what makes you money is when you get more attention. So um, I think it's great for the league, to be honest. Teams been trading players and making acquisitions for a long time. Now when a player can, you know, uh, kind of dictate where he wants to go and leaving free agency or demand a trade, it's just part of the game now. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's bringing more and more excitement uh, to the game.
1: Ooh, You in with that?
3: Yes, but here's who it's bad for. It's bad for the Brooklyn Nets who went all in on a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, a James Harden. It's bad for a Houston Rockets team who was so committed to James Harden he decides he wants to leave and go to Brooklyn. It's bad for a Philadelphia 76ers when – Uh, you have a guy in Ben Simmons not playing up to his capabilities and then he's sitting down and he's not playing and he wants to get moved. It's also bad for a New Orleans Pelicans team in which Anthony Davis forced his way out of there to go to L.A. and pair up with LeBron. It's bad for the organizations. It's bad for the teams. More so these players and their personal brands, I think it's good for alongside of the NBA but on the, on the lines of the, the, the teams and the organizations, I think it's bad for them, especially when they go all in with these players and expect to have them for the, a certain period of time.
1: I love your logic for individual teams because I think you're right about how harmful it can be for a team that goes all in. But I think KD's right that it's not bad for the league, and, and not only because of the conversation, but also because of the eyeballs. I keep saying this through the load management conversation, through this conversation – What really drives the NBA is TV money uh, that comes from local partnerships when they play their regular season games. But then ultimately, most of that money comes from ad revenue and TV revenue for the playoffs and the finals. More important to the NBA... Than any team that could make it to the NBA Finals is that they have their biggest marketable superstars in the Finals. Think about what we've seen in the past. When LeBron goes to the NBA Finals, doesn't matter what team he's on. People watch. So the NBA has built. You mentioned earlier individual players' brands rise. The NBA has been part of that build. So now what happens? We live in a world where, frankly, if you tell us most of the time that we're going to get Phoenix versus Milwaukee in the NBA Finals, you would think that's it's a disaster waiting to happen for ratings. But it's not when it's KD versus Giannis. And that's the very system the NBA has been part of creating. And as a result, it is beneficial for players when they force super teams because it ensures players get to championships. And that's what the league needs. Well, you look at another
3: smart market team in the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Who, through grit and toughness, a lot of people knew about them. But then when they was able to get a guy in John Morant, they're on the map a little bit more. You mentioned Milwaukee with Giannis Antetokounmpo going to that market and being able to deliver deliver them a championship. You talked about the LeBron James in Cleveland, another small, another small market team, being able to deliver a championship there, and every year he was there. Uh, recently, he was able to get to an NBA championship and bring that revenue to that city. You also look at the Phoenix Suns, like you just mentioned, and how they were able to get to an NBA Finals. And now you look at them with Kevin Durant and the addition of him to pair along with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, how everyone is viewing their team. So I do agree with you, though, Fitz. As, as individuals, people are looking for for to these marquee matchups when it comes to the NBA playoffs and the NBA Finals, more so than they are teams now. Because I think you could take the small market thing out of it now, in which it used to be a thing. But as long as these players are playing in these small market, uh, playing on these small market teams you're going to have people watching these games because of the brand of a Kevin Durant, the brand of a LeBron James, the brand of a Steph Curry, even though he's not on a small market team in my eyes, the brand of a John Morant. People are going to watch because who these players are and the way they play the game of basketball.
1: And and because the way they grew their brands, as you just mentioned, because That's think right. about it. None of them, according to NBA voters, none of the players you just mentioned are better than Jokic, who's won two straight MVPs and is about mm-hmm. to win a third, according to most people, right? You're talking about about possibly a three time in a row, three straight NBA MVPs, and nobody cares. You want to know another one? Oklahoma
3: City. When, when they moved from Seattle, and then they were able to get, you know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, those guys were able to go to an NBA finals before losing to LeBron James and the Miami Heat. That market changed, right? Another small market team. But you had three valuable players, even though James Harden was coming off the bench. You had three guys on that one team that people could really follow, I, right? And, and had a major following.
1: I also think if, if you're somebody that thinks all of this is bad for basketball, it's possible you're no longer the NBA's target audience. Like, young fans believe in star players and we see it all the time on the digital shows that we host we've got to show the biggest stars not the best teams, the biggest stars why? Because that's what young fans want if that's what young fans are consuming then that's only going to grow in the game more and more and more. While people today are having debates about the NBA today versus the NBA in the 90s, I would argue what we're seeing is a wholesale shift in the marketing of the league and the way it's been done for the last five years that's not going anywhere. For the foreseeable future stars matter more than than teams in the NBA. So when stars play together, that is good at the end of the day for the league because that's what their next generation of fans absolutely want. That's the most important part to them. We'll keep breaking it down, obviously. There's a ton to get to over the course of the weekend, and I think the fans are speaking about All-Star Weekend in ways that a lot of people aren't listening to. We'll get to that, but two known teams are car shopping. The question is, should two more head to the dealership? We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.